So let's read this lovely passage, John chapter 12 and verse 20. And there were certain Greeks among them that came up to worship at the feast. The same came therefore to Philip, which was off Bethsaida of Galilee, and desired him, saying, Sir, we would see Jesus. Philip cometh and telleth Andrew, and again Andrew and Philip tell Jesus. And Jesus answered them, saying, The hour is come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. He that loveth his life shall lose it. And he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. If any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. Now is my soul troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this cause came I unto this hour. Father, glorify thy name. Then came there a voice from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. The the people, therefore, that stood by and heard it said that it thundered. Others said, an angel spake to him. Jesus answered and said, This voice came not because of me, but for your sakes. Now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. This he said, signifying what death he should die. The title of my message this morning is A Bumper Harvest. Eighty years ago, God was at work in the fields of Britain. It was the year 1942, and the nation was at war. The shipping which normally brought food to our shores was urgently required for men and munitions. Yet the people in beleaguered Britain had to be fed. There was need, therefore, for a bumper harvest To that end, a supreme effort was made by British agriculture. Added to this were the prayers of God's people throughout the nation. You see, on the 29th of March, 1942, a national day of prayer was held. Another one was held on the 3rd of September that same year, which was, by the way, folks, the first national day of prayer to be held on a weekday. It actually happened that it fell on a Thursday. Thursday, the 3rd of September, 1942, the nation uh, went to prayer. A bumper harvest followed that carried the nation through what could have been a very difficult winter. There's a lot of talk in recent times about a difficult winter, isn't there? Are you anxious about a difficult winter? 
The same God who carried us through 1942. Now I know maybe today I don't have as much hair as I used to have. uh, But uh, I wasn't around in 1942. But the, the same God who was around, the eternal God who was there in 1942 and brought our people through a difficult, what could have been a difficult winter and provided for them, he's the same God today, you know. And he's in control of everything that's happening. There's not, not an atom can move in the universe unless he's, he permits it. So let's just get a handle right away today, folks. On a sovereign God. And you can trust him. So you let the unconverted be anxious today. But if you're a child of God. You have no reason to be anxious. About the coming winter. Or about anything else in fact. Because the Lord will care for you. And he'll provide for you. He's still Jehovah Jireh. Isn't he? The Lord will provide. And so back 80 years ago. During the war, the Lord provided in a wonderful way in the fields of Britain a great harvest, a bumper harvest was provided in the fields of our nation. God was at work in the fields of Britain. The yields in the fields, that'd be a good title, I suppose, as well today. Yields in the fields. The yields in the fields far exceeded expectations in 1942. Speaking on the BBC 9 o'clock news, the Minister of Agriculture reminded viewers of God's goodness. This is what he said. In this our year of greatest need, the land has given us bread in greater abundance than we have ever known before. The prayer, give us this day our daily bread, has in these times a very direct meaning for us all. You wouldn't hear that on the BBC News today, would you? But that did happen in 1942. A bumper harvest, divine intervention. And the Lord got the glory as he always should. Do you know in our scripture reading today in John chapter 12, we have read of a bumper harvest a bumper harvest. Now this is not uh, the, the physical harvest that we see around us today. Not the literal harvest. We're talking now about a spiritual harvest. A spiritual bumper harvest in John chapter 12. And my text for today as we finish off is verse 24. So look at it there please if you have your Bible. If you don't have your Bible just listen to the text John 12 and 24. And this is the words of the Lord Jesus. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. I simply want to go through the verse today, just think about the words that fell from the lips of our Savior. Verily, verily, he says. That's a unique phrase from the authorized version that was always on the lips of the Lord Jesus. And in John's gospel particularly, you read that phrase time and time again, verily, verily. And it's, 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 it's really the, the Lord Jesus 
saying to us, now listen carefully, what I'm about to tell you is really important. Verily, verily. So I trust today that you'll listen carefully to what the Lord Jesus has to say to you. Because you're not here by chance today. He has a message for you this morning. So what does Jesus say? He says, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die. It abideth alone, but if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. Think about that word except there. Except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die. You see, folks, the Lord Jesus is talking in this verse about his own death. His own death on Calvary. His own death on the cross. That's what he's referring to here. And he's telling us that there's no other way of salvation for you and for me except Calvary, except the cross. No other way. There's no plan B. If you and I are to be saved, if we're to be delivered from hell, if we're to be brought through the pearly gates and into heaven for eternity, then there has to be a Calvary. There has to be an old rugged cross. And that's what Jesus is getting clear right away here, except it's the only way. Before the stars were hung or planets fashioned, before the clay was formed to make a man, Christ was the Lamb of God for sinners offered. This was redemption's one and only plan. There was no other way a God of love could find to reconcile the world or save a lost mankind. It took the death of his own son upon a tree. There was no other way but Calvary. Don't we sometimes sing with the children, no other way, no other way. One way God said to get to heaven, Jesus is the only way. It's only through him and through his death on the cross that we have hope. Take that place called Golgotha out of the equation and there's no hope for any one of us. But because of that place, the brow of that hill outside Jerusalem 2,000 years ago, where a man called Jesus bled and died, because of that, there's hope. Hope for the hopeless. There's a lot of hopeless people in society today. Wonders of somebody in the service this morning, and you feel hopeless. Maybe you've been feeling hopeless for quite a while. But then again, didn't we tell you that you're in here for a purpose this morning? The Lord Jesus has brought you here to give you hope. Now you look to him today and you look to his finished work for hope. For that's the only place that you'll find it. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat. A corn of wheat. A seed. A little seed, a little tiny seed. The Lord Jesus compares himself to a seed. Just one seed, all alone. And our salvation depends on this seed, this corn of wheat. 
You know, as I thought about that little phrase, the corn of wheat and the seed, I began to think about the loneliness of Christ. During his life and during his death, the loneliness of the Savior. Are you lonely today? Would you not like to come to know the one who, who experienced loneliness when he walked this earth? No one felt the loneliness that he felt. Think about how he was alone in Gethsemane. Remember the disciples, they went into the garden with him. But then it tells us that Jesus, he went further than any of them. A stone's cast. He was alone. And uh, of course the great cry went up, Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. I've heard people say that the Lord Jesus was, was praying, Father, please get me out of Calvary. Please save me from death and the cross, Lord. If you can only find another way. I have to say, I find that hard to swallow. I'm afraid I take the opposite point of view. I believe that in the Garden of Gethsemane, the devil was there and he, he was trying to kill Christ before he got to the cross. And the Lord Jesus felt the pangs of hell there in the Garden of Gethsemane. And he was praying, Father, don't let me die here. Because the reason of coming to the world is to, is to go to the cross and to die for those lost souls in Limavati. And I believe, and God did answer his prayer. And you see, it was the next day that he paid the great price for you and for me. But oh, the loneliness of Gethsemane, as all hell was let loose upon him, the corn of wheat. He was alone at Gabatha too, wasn't he? The name the Bible gives to the place where he stood before Pilate and the soldiers. And they humiliated him and, 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 well, doesn't it say they buffeted him? That means they punched him. Lord Jesus suffered great, excuse me, grievous bodily harm, we would say, at the hands of Pilate's soldiers. Then it was alone at Golgotha whenever that first Good Friday came round, alone on Golgotha. You remember what happened 12 noon on that first Good Friday? My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Do you ever ask why? I think every one of us do at some point or other. Things happen in life that we don't understand. Just a week or two ago, with a bereavement in the church, a lady who comes to the church and her daughter passed away very suddenly, only 47 years of age. Healthy as a trout, we would say. Walked the dog three or four times every day. But got up that morning... Left the little girl to school, came back and felt unwell, had a temperature, became very sick, was taken to the hospital, took a seizure and died. And the good medical people did their very best to, to, to revive her and resuscitate her, but they could do no more for her. 
a family left asking why. Father said to me, Is it not the other way round? Should it not normally be the other way round that the old go before the young? But not in that case. And the family saying why, and I didn't have all the answers for them, but I just said, I can tell you of one who died on the cross of shame, and if you trust him, you'll be able to ask him why someday. Ah, Jesus, alone in Golgotha, alone for you, forsaken, even by his heavenly Father, so that you would never be forsaken in a Christless hell. Except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, this corn of wheat, the lovely Lord Jesus, the altogether lovely one, he had to die. Yes, his teachings are wonderful. Never man spake like this man. His example is amazing. The only problem is we're sinners and we don't have the power nor the ability to follow his example and to live a perfect life which would guarantee heaven. You see, it's not his teachings, it's not his example, but it's his death that provides redemption for us. It's his death. It's in the dying of the corn of wheat that we find salvation. Every one, of, every one of us will die. The Bible, in fact, says that we must all needs die. It's one appointment, folks, that we will not avoid. For it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. Those folk who went into that filling station in Donegal at 3.15 on Friday afternoon. They never thought it was going to be the day of their death. They didn't think they were going to die in such a freak accident. They say it's a, a, it was a gas leak that caused it. Ten people ushered out into eternity. A little girl, only five years of age among them. Two teenagers. What a tragedy. But whether we die in a, an accident or whether we die, as they say, by natural causes, we all must needs die. A lot of people are dying at the present time. According to the statistics, there are 1,000 excess deaths every week in our nation at the present time. The most common cause of death is unknown cause. They talk about SADS, sudden adult death syndrome. Thousand ex excess deaths every week. We haven't time to go into that today, but it's happening. People are dying out there. And life at best is very brief, like the falling of a leaf, like the binding of a sheaf. Can I urge you, plead with you today, to be in time. Except the corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. You see, if the Lord Jesus didn't die on Calvary's cross, then he's going to go to heaven, yes, but he's going to be alone in heaven. He's going to be all alone. 
No one saved by his grace. No one washed in his precious blood. Heaven will be empty. It abideth alone. Take Calvary out of the equation and there's no sinners in heaven. No one ever gets to heaven. But thank God because of his once for all sacrifice. There's a lot of people in heaven today. And there's a lot of people who are alive on the earth and people in here in this sanctuary today who are going to be in heaven someday. And even this old sinful wretch preaching to you today, he's going to be in heaven too someday. It's all because Jesus died. Except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But don't you love those buts of the Bible? Blessed buts of the Bible. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. There's the bumper harvest. Eighty years ago, during World War II, in the fields of Britain, there was a bumper harvest. God was so good and so merciful to our nation, provided for, for our people, put food on the table. And ladies, we have to thank you. Do you know during the, world, the Second World War, during that period, there were 80,000 ladies who were out in the fields. The land army, they called them, working to bring in the harvest. Everyone working together for the bumper harvest that the Lord provided. But here's the bumper harvest, the spiritual harvest in John chapter 12 and verse 24. Much fruit. Oh, what a harvest comes from that death at Calvary. What a harvest comes from the corn of wheat that fell into the ground and died. You know the book of Revelation in chapter 7. Listen to the words. After this I beheld, and lo, a great multitude, which no man could number, of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues, stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hands, and cried with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God which sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb. These are they which came out of great tribulation and have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. That's how they all got to heaven, was through the blood of the Lamb. That's how the bumper harvest came to be in heaven. And there's more to be gathered in yet. All the saints from earth, the church militant, waiting for the sound of the trumpet. And what a bumper harvest it will be when we hear that voice of the archangel and the trumpet of the Lord shall sound and time shall be no more. I wonder, will you be part of that harvest? I wonder, will you be gathered up into the Lord's barn, into his garner? Or will you be left behind without hope for all eternity?
And you know why? You'll have no hope for all eternity. Because you were in a harvest service in Limavady on the 9th of October 2022. And you rejected Christ. You said, thanks, but no thanks. Not for me. Or maybe just not today. Don't put it off till tomorrow. Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. Surely that's the lesson from that awful, awful tragedy in Donegal, isn't it? Death can come so quickly and in so many different ways. Why would you play with your immortal soul? I cannot tell how he will win the nations, how he will claim his earthly heritage, how satisfy the needs and aspirations of East and West, of sinner and of sage. But this I know, all flesh shall see his glory, and he shall reap the harvest he has sown, and some glad day his sun shall shine in splendor when he, the Saviour, Saviour of the world, is known.